So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Basam Issa. Basam, you absolutely killed it on there, and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 87 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Um, super pumped for tonight's episode because of our two guests and we're going to get into like what what they've been doing and I'm, I'm going to let you introduce them Eric uh, so yeah no super excited to introduce the podcast uh, two fellow podcasters mm-hmm. one of whom is Matt and mine's cousin Julia hosts of their own podcast around the world in 80 murders the homies like I said our cousin Julia and the homie Alex say what's up to the people What's up to the people? Hello, people. <laughs> Classic. Thanks for having us on, Alex. Pleasure I mean, to be Eric. here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so good. Super happy to have you both on. And Julia, it's uh, reminiscent of when we had your dad on. He said exactly the same oh thing. Gosh. What's up, you the people? You know what? I was so... thinking of that when I said it. I was like, I'm going to channel my inner LA here. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, nice nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. Nice Easter egg for the listeners, too. Exactly. So, yeah, so for this episode, we're going to be focusing on your podcast, like I said, Around the World in 80 Murders. Basically, how you got into podcasting, where you get your ideas from. Um, just talk about general podcasting. Matt and I have a few experiences we can share as well. We'll uh, get into a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. So, I think the first place to start, though, would be to ask you two, Alex and Julia, about how you two linked up and decided to start your own podcast, your own true crime podcast together. So I guess like Alex and I met through my boyfriend, Jake. And so I'd known him for like, how long did we know each other? Uh, about two years now. When we started the podcast? Oh, oh when oh, we started yeah, the no, podcast, think, it was about like a year. Yeah, we'd known a year, each other a year and for a, half. a year. And I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I was, I was working, or I was between jobs at the time when we started it. So I was like working part-time as a waitress and so I had all this time on my hands and I was like I feel like a podcast would be a good hobby to have and like I I knew Alex was super into true crime so we were out like I think like we were out we were at bar with a bunch of uh, your work colleagues yeah we were at like a a drinks work night and I was like we should start a podcast and Alex (laughs) just jumped on (laughs) and then he just like set up the uh, the podcast account Yep, all of the accounts, the Spotify, <laughs> the uh, Twitter, the Instagram, everything like that. And then we made the first script and the rest is history, I guess. So I guess if I can ask the same question to you guys, is that like something that we will do uh, on this episode? Or It can be. <laughs> Eric, take it away. Okay, so it's actually like extremely similar to you. It was me and my buddy back in the day. We listened to a lot of the same, like mostly sports podcasts and we're drinking and we're like, we should start a podcast. Like, of course we should start a podcast and like almost identical situation here in the sense that drinks were involved. And it was just like, yeah, we should do this. And then we just basically got together. Me and my friend, um, Mart, who's not obviously not really on the pod. He's been on the pod a few times there, but we just did the first episode together having a few drinks and it was like a good time. And then. I did about 14, maybe a little more than 14 episodes alone. And then like, it was hard to always come up with ideas on my own. Then I reached out to the homie Matt and he had already been on at that point. And he accepted Mm -hmm. like pretty much, well, you can talk about how it was on your end when I asked you to join. And uh, from there, like it's been us two for like the last few years. Quick question though, Eric, was Mark supposed to be the, your co-host like going to be on every episode? No. 
No, no, definitely okay. not. Because I am, okay. I definitely took to the idea more than him. Okay. It was just like, we're just talking about it and like, like it, it would be something fun to do. But I definitely re- drove the bus in like really getting okay. us together to record one episode. And even at that, it was like my podcast and he was the first guest kind of thing. Okay. But um, yeah, no, that's a good question. Though. So yeah, so Eric invited me. Long story short, like he's like, let's do a podcast on horror movies. I said, I'm game. I can talk horror films all day. Huge passion for horror films. And that episode went really well, actually. And then like I came on another one. And then after that, I think Eric reached out and said, hey, like I'm getting good feedback. You were good. You want to join? And I'm an avid, avid podcast listener. So I kind of wanted to try it myself. And that's my uh, little time to my next question. Like, were you guys avid podcast listeners before starting your own podcast? I was, yes. Uh, me too. Yeah, I, I listened to a lot okay. of true crime podcasts before. That's kind of where my interest began in the whole subject of true crime and podcasting. Nice. I feel like it's a natural progression. Like you, you get into it yourself. Like when you're at work and you're like, I've run out of pl- playlists to listen to. Like I need something new. And then you get into yeah. it. And you're like, I wonder what it would be like to be on the other side. <laughs> I, I strictly listen to horror movie podcasts. And like that evolved from just watching YouTube videos. And I was like, this, these aren't long enough. I need like five hours, six hour episodes. So that's what got me into it. And then when I, I wanted to have my own input listening to these podcasts. Like I have my opinion on, opinion on these movies and thoughts. So, but you guys both share an interest for true crime and dare I like serial murderers, murder like crimes basically. So, like, what sparked that interest in you, Alex, and in you, Julia? Like, why why this subject? I mean, Alex, maybe you should start with this because I knew you liked true crime, which is why I thought you'd be a good like podcast partner oh, that's so a, that's maybe a, you you take the lead on this one <laughs> yeah that's a difficult question i mean uh my parents have always been into uh true crime mainly the more like uh kind of kind of stuff you see on uh just cable tv that sort of like forensic files type thing mm-hmm. so i kind of got into it by watching that with them and then i just kind of started reading books and eventually moved on to podcasts but like what's is there any specific thing that intrigues you? Like the the fact that people got to like just the incredibleness of the stories or like the macabre, the darkness, the... That's just, that's one of the things that we liked about, like about the way that we do our show is not only do you get to see uh, lots of different uh, kind of, the different kinds of murder that happen around the world, but just kind of the stories leading up to it or the reasons that people do it are interesting. And sometimes it's just like, why like <laughs> right why or in some cases how or what yeah like we always try to pick cases that have like, an interesting are, twist to them that sometimes. are more than just like someone committing a murder like if i can give an example of like one of the cases we did it was like this journalist in macedonia who murdered people so that he could have a story to write about so it's like, <laughs> you know it's like we find these cases that are kind of like larger than like life or that are a little bit weird and yeah. it's just kind of like very interesting to read about something different than you might see like every day yeah we so yeah we essentially try not cover all of the um because in a lot of true crime circles especially in uh some of the uh some of the other true crime podcasts they tend to cover all of the same people like they will yeah. cover like the biggest ones and then you'll end up with about you don't really stand out as much if you do, if you just do another episode on say like Ted Bundy or something because there's mm-hmm. thousands of episodes on the on him and just no no a lot of people don't want to listen to that anymore. 
Mm -hmm. So we decided to do something a little bit different and also gives us an opportunity to learn about some of these really interesting and weird cases from around the world. Do you you struggle sometimes sometimes, to find a different murder like like for each country country, because the concept of your show which is extremely interesting is that it's a different murder set in a different country every episode oh my god and how do you go about picking the countries like is there a set formula or you just kind of choose a country like yeah let's find something a little weird with a twist in here how's that work i think we start by looking at a map usually because we go based off where the previous country is so uh we're kind of working our way around the world geographically we started in canada for our first episode as we are in canada then we went over to Europe, and currently we're working our way down through the uh, Middle East into Africa. Then we're going to jump back over to Asia, then uh, Oceania, South America, and for the 80th episode, we're going to reach Canada again. Okay. So, so it's kind yeah. of around the world in 80 murders. Nice. Yeah. We get back for the 80th murder. So we kind of start from that, and then we look at what countries are kind of around slash adjacent to the country yeah. we did last week, and then we just kind of look through as many sources as we can find. So... Uh, there's like the mur- the murder Wikipedia, which is Murderpedia. Uh, there's <laughs> haven't had the pleasure of visiting. That. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's somewhat not very trustworthy. <laughs> no, they just kind of make stuff up essentially, and then all oh, there's just like the Wikipedia pages, which will list like list of like famous like deaths or murders, and then we go through there and try and find an interesting mm-hmm. case. It is kind of hard though, like especially we're doing a an episode for Russia. I don't know if that's the best idea in this climate, but whatever. Yes. And um, originally it was Georgia, but... uh, Yeah, it's like Georgia slash Russia, but it's really hard to find anything. Like there's like no information and like it's hard searching through like foreign news, um, newspapers to find stuff. Yeah, you have to get pretty good at research to do this. We'll see how it goes once we reach like the more obscure countries. I mean, we did pretty well in Azerbaijan. Yeah. And that was a pretty difficult one to begin with. (laughs) Are you guys, like, specifically searching for, like, a more obscure case? Because, like, I, I myself, like, Russia has, like, a famous serial killer. But are you guys aren't are you guys aren't trying to, like, go for the most famous, right? Like, no, you we don't really, we go for the more interesting ones. Like, more more, interesting, like the yeah. most famous ones in quite a lot of countries are very big covered. Like, Russia's most famous was... Um, Chikatilo? Yeah, Andre Chikatilo. Like, yeah. so many podcasts have covered him. It's... Right. And movies and, yeah. So we go for some, we go for something a bit different there. I mean, Julia found a really good case. Uh, usually, we just have, we just have kind of a Google Doc where we keep all of the cases that we think yeah. we should do at some point. There's not really like a process, I guess, to like what we choose. We just kind of look and we're like, oh, this sounds cool. Yeah, well, like just send send somebody send each other a link to it. Like, hey, look at this case I found. What do you think? Yeah, you think this would make for a good episode? Fair enough. Hey, okay, uh, Julia, question for you. Like, I've known you your pretty much your whole life and used to babysit you and. I always knew you had an interest in like horror movies and like, but where does this, where does your like fascination come from? Like, where did you develop this in like through reading in school and like what, what fascinates you about this, this true crime and where did this come from? Okay. I feel like it, I I might sound like stupid, but when I was a kid, I was really into Tim Burton. Like I I can't explain it. You know how kids have like weird, like obsessions that like no one really knows why, but they just do. So that was me. I just loved, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I loved Halloween. And it became a natural progression to want to watch, like, horror movies because it's, like, monsters, scary stuff, Mm -hmm. I guess. And then, I mean, I wanted to ask you, Matt, as well, actually, because I guess, like, not all horror fans are necessarily fans of true crime. 
but there's like similar topics i guess but i mean like with your yeah. true crime it's different because it's it's real life so it's kind of like harder to separate yourself i guess because when you're watching a horror movie it's like oh this is just fiction it's not like these are real tragedies that people have gone through but it, i guess like because they are related it's like i watch a true crime documentary see if i like it because it's kind of within the the realm so what about yourself i watch i love horror films i can watch any level of like intense gore like any nothing disturbs me or scares me because i know it's fiction when we get when we start hitting the non-fiction stuff like true crime documentaries that like netflix excels at doing and those like i have a harder time watching those than any other horror movie mm -hmm. and i don't watch a ton of them because it, it's real it happened it hit they show like true like real pictures of crime scenes and stuff um but what i find fast like i still find it fascinating and what i find fascinating about true crime and horror i just get like like i don't know how to describe it like almost like a goose bumpy rush type of feeling like that's intense like it's it's almost taboo like i'm not supposed to like it or watch it but i have a i i get drawn towards it i, I react str more strongly to this genre than any other like type of movie uh genre horror i i get the biggest reactions like I, I get stimulated more from watching horror movies i guess and learning about like dark and macabre stuff and like i'm like in real life i'm like i wouldn't hurt a flyer i'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i'm not i don't bring i don't it doesn't come out in real life but i just like reading about and watching horrific things i guess in in, in my movies um where I think where we're different, like me and Alex and you, me and you, Julia, is like the true crime. I can only handle so much. And then I'm like, ooh, mm. it's enough. Like it hits too close to home. Like I can't watch any war crime footage or any like anything for war crimes, like in the Middle East or in Russia. Like I, I, I hate watch seeing those pictures and videos. I like watching more like I'm more in the like fiction oriented where it'll be all special effects and stuff. And people are think I'm sick for liking Hostel movies or Saw or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I Spit on Your Grave, all those movies. It's, hey, it's it's a movie. I'm allowed to like it. The stimulate, sorry, the stimulation part for like true crime and horror is like when you picture yourself like in those situations and you're like, what do these people go through? Like, I can't believe this happened. And like, what about the person who did the crimes? Like, what's going on in their brain? It's just like fascinating. Yeah, like what possesses someone like the like the BTK killer or Dahmer to like do what they did. It's like, it's, it's actually insane. Like you could yeah. write case papers on this. Right. And I'm sure there are like source, there is source material that you could go through. Like when you do your prep, do you kind of go into that? Like look into the psychology of the killer sometimes or like, we do try to, it's just in a lot of these cases, there just isn't actually that much info about the killer themselves in some instances, or it's like a lot, uh, I think, Three or four times now, the killer has died before trial, so they never get to do like the psychoanalysis during trial or anything that would usually be done. But we do go into that uh, quite often because in trials they have psychological experts, so they do go into the. Um, we do talk about that. Mm -hmm. We could actually go more in depth in like just psychological aspects in general. So maybe going forward, be a good suggestion. That, that might, yeah. Not bad. Well. Uh, from the one the episodes I've listened to, you get quite in depth, and like the level of research that you've done for each episode is astounding. How much time does it take to prep for every single oh episode? Gosh. It takes me. It used to take me like hours, just like like imagine. back when I was working part time and I had like time like throughout the day. I would just like 
take like an hour or two like every day like Monday to Friday and just like add to the script because it's like you have to go through the articles and read them and then you have to organize it into like speaking points and like a timeline and that like that takes a long time and I'm sure like Alex you probably have like thoughts on this too yeah because well, well I the, the main part of the research I do is essentially I get a giant I uh, get a Google document and I um well, I know quite a bit of how to uh, research stuff online um, using various like like keyword searching, various things like that. Um, and from that, I essentially find every article I can about this subject and put it into a giant Word document. And then I pass it off to Julia, and then we kind of go through that and take any information we can out of there and put it that we need and put it into the um, put it into the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the most research I've done for one specific thing was um, in our recent Turkey episode, there was a shooting that took place at something they called a chestnut shop, which I eventually managed to figure out. I managed to go back uh, to the archives of like Turkey's biggest newspaper, Hurriyet, I think. I managed to find where the, can- the candy shop was. And then I looked up this, what it says on the sign, looked up on Google Maps and found where it was because it was very vague about where it was, like, in general. It wouldn't even get us, like, a city where it was, but I managed to find it on Google Maps. Yeah, that's probably the, the most, uh, biggest extent we've gone to. Actually, Turkey episode was a lot of that because it was like, uh, <laughs> the, car, the, the car the killers drove, it was... It was the articles have been machine translated, so there's issues with that because machine translation isn't perfect. So it turns out the car they were driving, uh, the name for the car translates into English from Turkish as Falcon. But when I looked it up, I couldn't find anything other than a Ford from the 60s. So I had to go backwards, find out what car it was, uh, go back and find the word, Google that, like, Turkey, that thing, find out what car it was, and put that into the script. <laughs> I just like the small details like that. I yeah, know, I like that. Going the extra mile. Yeah. Matt and I normally just watch no. a couple of movies, <laughs> write a couple of notes, and come just to talk about them. It's so. less time-consuming, so... And write a lot of notes is, uh, that's like a big big overstatement for me, Eric. Like, if, if that, I'll, 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 90% of the time I have no notes or just all in my head. <laughs> but I kind of like, I like what we do, Eric, too, though, like having the improv aspect. I love that. I write stuff down, like organize my thoughts. Like if there's key points that I don't want to forget on the spot, because it is easy. It happens to me so often that people like my, by people, I mean like my mom and my bro who say like, Oh, I can't believe you didn't say this about the movie or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's easy to forget stuff when you're talking like on the fly. And even though it's an obvious point, maybe if you don't write it down, you know, it's easy to forget. So it is good to prepare well. Like, was it always meant to be scripted, Julia and Alex? Like, was that your intention from the start when yeah, creating the podcast? Cause okay. It's because the podcast itself contains a lot of factual information right, that we yeah. couldn't remember. It's more like a story, right? Where yeah, it's like, the podcast is like just a conversation. So it's like, we have to just like, we're like presenting information. Because there'll be a bunch. why like we need like a script for it. Yeah, there'll be a bunch of events, names, dates, like places, that sort of thing. So you need to keep them, you don't want to mix them up and get them wrong. So we have to at least relatively scripted i mean we have kind of information points and then we kind of do it back yeah. and forth in between the very first episode i listened for episode one yeah that that was my biggest takeaway was like oh i was just laying down to bed and it was like listening to a story with a couple interjections and was like it was cool hearing your voice julia because you know yeah, i've known you so like you're so long and it was like oh this is so cool yeah i agree 100 percent. um and it's very detailed you're right very detailed i like you learn a lot and then I started drifting off the soup, so I, like, paused it for another day. But, like, 
you have to like I have to be pay attention because it's um, true like podcasts like that you have to pay attention to yeah it's like yeah. you'll miss stuff yeah, or you might. Yeah, you might miss the entire like the entire crying bit of the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I ain't throwing this podcast on at the gym. gym you know, like, like it, it has to be, to be like, like a, a yeah, you're focused in the zone. zone and... Doing something mundane at work, and it's like I can yeah. listen to something in depth today. Driving's perfect. Like in the car, your podcast is perfect. I'm very far behind, but I mean, now I have 45 minute drives to work, so catch up time. Nice. Um, what? Before your first episode came out, or before you guys recorded your first episode, were there any like expectations you guys had, or like you thought it was gonna be super easy versus like what the reality like was it as you imagine imagined it in your head, or was it t- completely different from what you thought? Like actually producing the podcast. I remember just feeling so awkward like that first time we hit the record because it's like okay, oh my gosh, what do I say? Like, we like are we gonna just go back and forth with points or like yeah. do we have like an intro kind of bit that we do like have we um, even started split do we even have the intro back in the first episode i don't think or did we, we come did, up to with... be honest i think we just like actually no, I, think, I, I think we did but i think we spent about half an hour beforehand trying to figure out how to open the episode because we were yeah. like we had the information starting from the beginning of the story but it's like how, what do we say to introduce it mm-hmm and, like, there wasn't that much banter in the first episode, I think. So it was mo- mostly, like, around the fourth episode where I started to feel, like, comfortable. And it's like, okay, I don't know. You kind of get used to it. and For sure. So yeah. was it the same for you guys? Yeah, yeah like, you, you get, get way, way more, more comfortable, comfortable as you go, go along. And, like, now we're 87 deep. So it's pretty, pretty much, much second nature. Intro is down pat. Don't even think about it. It's just muscle memory kicks in. And just, like, banter as well. Like, we have Matt and I now, like, already had a close relationship and now like even closer because of doing the pod like every two weeks minimum we're doing one so it's pretty easy to just get in that rhythm but yeah at first it was for a long time it was still nerve-wracking like getting a little nervous before every pod still am sometimes honestly like but I I think that's a good sign like to be a little little nervous because that means you're doing something that you're like passionate about and that you don't want to mess up so normally that means you bring your a game (laughs) yeah and yeah, listening to yourself at first is always tough. Like, I'm pretty used to it now there, but at first, like, you just cringe at what you say. Just like, oh, turn yeah. this off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've gotten, like, like funnier as the episodes go on. Because it's like, <laughs> you're trying to force jokes the first episode. Because you're like, oh my gosh, like, I need to be likable. <laughs> so, like, you're yeah. going to be listening to this. But then as you go, you get more natural and you, you kind of, like, come up with things to say, like, more easy i guess yeah no that's completely normal um my very first episode i thought about it all day at work i was so nervous i got to eric's house he was living in yeah you were in avalon i think at the time i was so nervous guys i was and then but then eric made it so like as soon as he started talking and introduced me i was like ah and we were talking about the thing i know like probably the most like super comfortable talking about horror movies like i'm very yeah and then when the episode ended in like in a flash like i'm like oh we're already done so that that helped like having a subject matter that you like is key but as he as the more i've been doing it with eric it's just like i the only part i get nervous about is sometimes like i i don't articulate what i want to say perfectly or find that i have a trouble finding the words sometimes and maybe that comes from working like manually and not like using my brain to work and i don't know i'm i just sometimes 
well, I stressed out about like pronouncing words or whatever or speaking. So that part I'm nervous about, but not what we're talking about. More like how am I going to communicate, which is kind of silly of me. But I feel that way yeah. too. Like when I'm listening to other podcasts and they're like, go, the, the hosts are just going so smoothly and they're like yeah. hilarious. Like everything's landing. And it's like, oh my gosh, like how do words like happen? <laughs> there, that just illustrates how I feel about that. <laughs> Yeah, and Eric, Eric, to like, I listened to the episode, like, before I was co-host, I listened to every episode, and I was like, Eric is, you're very good, Eric, like, you're very natural, it's, you're just a very good speaker, right, and I, I bet you, you speak at your job, right, you, like, you, you train people, and that's what you do, like, that was very evident, and I was like, oh, crap, like, I gotta, like, I gotta at least go, like, close to Eric's level of, like, comfort and ease, and try to make it natural, too, so, it's not one of my strengths, right, so, but I think I've improved a lot. No, it's uh, like I said, like it's still something I get nervous doing as well. And that listening to, I listen to podcasts constantly all day, like walking, doing like making supper alone dishes and always envying other people, like quick wittedness. Like that's why I got to take write notes down. Like if you think I'm funny sometimes it's because I wrote that joke down. But, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, no, it's a, it's a really good time. And I think it's a great hobby, like for Matt and I to uh, like, both of us like just practice our uh, communication and uh, get our ideas out there and stuff. Yeah, like I truly believe listening to podcasts makes you smarter. You're acquire you're acquiring knowledge, if anything, on just like, and then and then making one, producing one, like we both do, or I mean Eric produces it, but anyway, um, that like makes you smarter too. And that's why I think like I'll I always look forward to doing it because I know like I. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn something. I love learning. I learn stuff every day and I just love, and you're, you guys is around the world in 80 murders is like, that's all brand new information for me. So it's yeah. very educational, interesting and entertaining. I definitely feel like I learn stuff like when I'm writing the scripts, just like about the countries. Cause we started doing like a segment before, like the actual case where we just talk about the country itself. So it's like, I now know like, these capital cities of like random countries. What's, in, like, the, what's, what's the capital of Azerbaijan? Oh my god! No. <laughs> that was your last episode, right? Azerbaijan. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I she got, got it. it. It's you got it. Let's go. Cool. I know. And would 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 um, you have known that at all? I I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for the podcast. So. But I, I feel like I mean I don't know how useful that information is. Yeah, it but, might help in a pub I mean, quiz. It's like. Classic Tuesday trivia. Comes yeah, you never yeah. know. <laughs> what about your familiarity with like toxicology and all that? Like, does that come strictly from either your research or like watching true crime documentaries? Or do you also like, like I said, just research a lot of that before you do your episodes? Because you sound like you know what you're talking about when it comes to all the drugs and all that. Like, I'm just going way over my head. Like, I don't know anything about this stuff, but it sounds very interesting. It comes mostly from the research. However, like, I did do my undergrad in chemical engineering, so, like, there's some, like, terms that are kind of familiar to me. Not, like, I'm not, like, the expert, though, because I feel like I graduated and then it all just went out my my head. But it is kind of, like, having that background, I guess, is, like, oh, yeah, okay, I know what, like, this compound is, or, like, I know what this, um, like, process that they're describing here when it comes to, like, creating this compound, I guess. Yeah, I, I did remember you did study chemical engineering, so I was like, okay, that that makes sense. Um, oh, I'm just gonna bring something back. Like I should have thought of this at the start, but like 
Alex, I know nothing about you. And Julia, I know, like, obviously, I know more about you than Alex. But, like, can you, why not, just so the audience gets to know you more, like, can you guys, like, maybe we'll do, like, a quick rapid fire, like, name me, like, what are your interests outside of the podcasting? Like, what are some of the movies you like to watch? Like, what are your favorite movies? What currently, uh, current uh, books you're reading? Like, shoot me some book recommendation. Maybe not book recommendation, but what's a book that, like, you can say your favorite. Um, what do you guys like to do for fun? Like outside of podcasting or watching TV or books or just like something about yourself? Because like, yeah, Alex, I know nothing about you and I'd like to know more. Why don't you go first, Alex? Uh, okay. Uh, which one should I answer first? Movies. Like what are your, what's your top three? Uh, my Okay, my favorite movie is uh, Back, Back to the Future 3. Nice. nice. The, third one, the the unpopular choice. Well, it's still good. It's closes the trilogy. And also, I enjoy I enjoy westerns as well, so that's where that comes in. Nice. It's very hard. I like uh, Army of Darkness. Oh, great pick, man. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, it's uh, I'm suddenly blank. It's like when somebody asks you, like, what's your favorite color, and you can't think of it. <laughs> it's a thinker. I, I, you can just rattle them off, Alex. If it's more than one movie left, just like name ten if you want. Oh no, that's way too many. Just rattle, rattle them off. Okay. Say for a few dollars more as well is probably my favorite Ooh. western. The, the middle, middle one in the trilogy. trilogy. Yes, I like, I like it. it. I, I, well, I've actually never seen them. I've never seen the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I've been meaning to, but I just never got around to it. Oh, you need to get on that right now. I know. I just need to find three hours. True. <laughs> Good, Good point. point. At some point, I need to find three hours, and also I need to find another nine hours for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. As people keep, you, you, people keep telling me I need to watch it, and I will. You've, you've never, never seen, seen it? it? No. Nope. Uh, there's a lot of films uh -huh. I've never seen. I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen... I've ne just never seen a lot of films, really. Like, I saw Lion King for the first time two months ago. I just didn't... My parents just didn't show me any films growing up, really. <laughs> all good alex we, we've all got those movies like people come at me all the time for not having seen a few movies it, nothing's wrong with that don't worry i i envy you alex because i would kill to see lord of the rings again for the first time oh, like that experience. i'm looking forward to it yeah. yeah i just need to find some time when i've got nine hours free what are some of the books that you like to read are you like a fiction guy non-fiction um i'm mostly like uh i mostly like non-fiction mostly uh history and well, nice. obviously, true crime, but we'll, we've probably discussed that a bit at length. Um, I like I like history quite a lot. Um, currently, Excellent. I'm currently reading a book on the American uh, the American Mexico uh, War around the uh, turn of the 19th century or 20th century. Sorry, uh, 19th to 20th. Uh, so I'm reading all about like the Mexican Revolution, that sort of thing from that era. Uh, that's one of the ones I'm reading at the moment. I'm also reading another book about. It's, te it's technically true crime, but it's also history because it's um, a book called Tokyo Vice, which is an, Amer an American reporter kind of goes to, goes to uh, Tokyo and essentially works with their kind of uh, vice, the vice squad in their uh, police department and gets to like write about like the underworld of uh, Tokyo. So like the Kusa, all sorts of stuff like that. That is cool. Yeah, did you study like history in post-secondary studies or like? Yes, I did. I actually minored in history. I majored nice. in computer science, minored in history. Nice, excellent. Which everybody's told me is a weird combination. 
No, it's a that's a sweet combo platter. Yep, I like, like it. it. The well-rounded degree. Yeah, yeah the Renaissance. <laughs> I'm a real Renaissance man. <laughs> do you like do you, do you do any sports or any other hobbies other than true crime? Yeah, I like to. Um, well, I'm a pro- I'm a programmer by trade, so I do a bit of that on the side. Do a bit of uh, video game modding. Uh, play. I, I, I play video games. I'm starting to get into uh, woodworking, and. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I also uh, collect records as well. Oh, awesome. awesome. Bit of it. I like that. What's your favorite uh, f- favorite musician or artist or band, basically? Favorites? Favorite band would be the R- the Ramones. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. nice. Not, not the best okay. technically, but they make the ca- catchiest music. Isn't your favorite the best? Shouldn't your favorite be the best? Like No, I don't think musical like, proficiency like... has to be the number one thing in uh, music. Because that's, well, if, if you go into the field of, especially if you, well, I'm a big fan of punk rock, so okay. in their musical proficiencies are the thing. It's more about the way it makes you feel, the emotions, generally. What about you, Julia? What are we starting yeah, with? For me. <laughs> Dealer's choice, just throw them in there. Oh, man. Okay. I, just, I, mean, I already mentioned Nightmare Before Christmas. That was like my defining movie as a kid for whatever reason. Um, nice. It's very mainstream but i'm a huge lord of the rings fan as you guys both know if you guys ever do another lord of the rings trivia episode absolutely i would like to come on should do that that's a good idea i've read all three books and watched the movies and i feel like the movies are better just cause. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I read the books for the Me first too. time this year, and I thought the movies were better. You just really have to like pay attention That's... to the books. There's so many songs and like random <laughs> characters songs. that are like that just go on like cite poems for like pages, and it's like yep. that. That must be a very rare opinion because I've, I've. It's very rare that you hear somebody say that yeah. the book is better or the movie's better than the book. Mostly, I'm, it's the other way around. I mean, like you, you have to have an appreciation for the book, but like the movies are just so good question for you julia have you did you read the books after you saw had already seen the movies yes and thank god i did because i feel like i would not have been able to understand what was going on yeah i agree i feel like but maybe we're blinded by our preconceived notions of how much we love the movies and then going into the books like the extra stuff we maybe weren't a fan of i don't know i don't want to speak for you here there but that's kind of how it was for me and i just i like that they expanded a lot actually in the movies they made the fellowship characters, in my opinion, more fleshed out in the movies, which is typically, like Alex said, actually not the case. Because in books, you have so much more time to develop mm-hmm. characters. I feel like they did a better job in the movies than the books. That I stand by your take. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I always like, like my dad and like I guess like maybe your parents too, like read the books before the movies came out, and I'm always like, how did like how are there so many fans of these books like before the movies? It's like. I wonder, like, what their experience was like versus, like, people today who saw the movies first. There were less fantasy books back then, so they only had, like, this was, like, the staple. But now so much more has come out and and is better than Lord of the Rings, if that's super, like, heresy to say. Like, like some people swear Lord of the the Rings' greatest fantasy trilogy ever written, right? But it's very dated, who wants to read like 30 pages on like descriptions of forests and stuff like there's in chapter there's a chapter in the first book it's like the old forest it's yeah, called yeah. it's like super pointless right eric something yep. like that 
Yeah. Bombadil or whatever his name is there. Don't even say his name. Eric. Glad they omitted him from the rules. I guess most modern fantasy is kind of built on the back of Lord of the Rings, though. Like, didn't they create? True. Didn't they create most of like the kind of types of characters that you'd have, like the orcs? And wait, didn't didn't he like create the concept of the orc essentially? I guess. Or probably. probably. Yeah. I I want to say yes. It's kind of like uh, I think he yeah. kind of like yeah. set the standard of like what the kind of. Well, essentially, the standard class, like groups or classes or yeah, species, like would elves, be in like a fantasy dwarves. setting. Yeah. Elves, dwarves. You got the blueprints down, yeah. Do you read nonfiction, Julia? Not as much, to be honest. I'm, I'm mostly just a fiction girl. Um, I'm actually in a book club with like two of my friends from work, and cool. we haven't read a book in a while, actually, um, just because like one of them's been going through something. But we've uh-huh. been. I guess like similar concept as to the podcast, but like picking books that are from outside of Canada. Okay. It's interesting. It's like stuff that you might not have like thought to have read or even like seen at bookstores. So I have a question for you, Julian. It's a well-documented thing and actually ties perfectly into what we're, the topic of our episode today. Have you happened to read in your book club, the iconic novel crime and punishment? And if so, were you able to complete this novel? Cause I could not for the life of me finish this book. It just couldn't get into it. Like <laughs> 400 pages in and I'd stopped reading it. I have not read that crime. And punishment. Okay. Is that, okay, wait, crime and punishment. That's, That's like a uh, Tolstoy, isn't it? Like, yeah. is that Oh, No, I think we read more like fictional stories from okay, other countries. Okay. But no, I have not. Alex, have you read it? No, because I heard how horrible it was to how ridiculously long and painful it is to read. Yeah. yeah. And I decided to spare myself that <laughs> torture. Can I ask why you're choosing to read this, Eric? Well, I, it's been a while that I actually shelved it. Like, it, it was just recommended to me that it's like a classic novel and like that it, it should be read. You know, I've read a lot of those books that you should read just because they're literary breakthroughs. But yeah, just I tried. I gave it my all. I talked about it like five times on the pod and just couldn't power through it. It was just horrible. And actually, a lot of people I spoke to felt similarly about it that they thought it was a slog to get through. Hmm. I've moved on to better things. That brings an interesting question. Like, are these classics classics only because every, like, pretentious person and professor is saying, yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Perhaps. And then you actually read it or watch the movie or the bo- read the book and you're like, oh, why? It's only a classic because everyone said it was, but no one actually enjoys it or finds it entertaining. I've always, like, that's like a topic of mine of, like, should it actually, like, what's the merit? Like, where, where does... Who branded it a classic and why is it still a classic now? Sometimes stuff gets dated. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of literature that t- times have changed, right, in the 21st century. And it's like, ooh, we can't. It's no longer a classic. Um... On the subject of crime and punishment, I think it's mainly because it's kind of, especially from the era it's from, I, well, I took Russian history at university. And I think it is because it's mainly emblematic of the kind of pre- the pre-Soviet Union era of Russia. Ah, okay. That might actually be a good case study for your pod, and perhaps I would uh, recommend it for your book club, Julia. If you want to give it a go and just see what you think, and maybe you're looking at it from a different lens, with a different lens than myself, so maybe there would be something to appreciate, but for me, it just didn't do it. I'm not sure how my book club members I think will they react. Kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> 
They'd kick you out of the book club. <laughs> wow. <Very> harsh. <laughs> They'd throw copies of it at you. And it would hurt because it's a thick book. Yeah, it's a brick. <laughs> it's a tome. Are you guys more... Fa- um, okay, back to your podcast, Around the World Navy Murders. When you have, like, you pick your country and you have, like, three choices, you've read, like, three different cases, do you go for the one with the more... The actual acts and murders, like the grisliness, the fascination there, or do you like more like the the setup? Do you like like the journey or the destination more? I think the journey. I think the journey, the journey. as well. Sometimes there'll be interesting things about them themselves. Mainly, it's about who the who the murderer is. Yeah, and it's also or how they like, do it. Kind of like we go through their life, because so then it's like it's more the journey, I guess, because it's like okay, like what what led them to, to this, this person? Point? Like what what life choices did they make or what experiences did they have that are kind of like larger than life or just like unique that kind of led them to yeah exactly. yeah yeah what led them to this point so. in their life where they deemed that murder was necessary for some reason mm-hmm. like so, yeah it, i think definitely about the journey then like in our first episode we cover a woman who didn't commit her first murder until she was like 56 or something Right. And that was by drugging her husband and then running him over with the car, with their car. So yeah, it's more about like the things that happened to her that I guess led her to that. Yeah. That are interesting to us. Because she lived an interesting life beforehand and after because she kept, she got out of prison after that, then moved around, used fake names, uh, essentially Mm -hmm. poisoned her two or three more people. One of them, one or two of them died. And uh, essentially she got away with it because she was essentially a black widow. And um, yeah, she kept doing that up until from like 1992 until 2014, I think was the last one that she did. It's crazy. And she's still currently living, she's free and living to this day in Halifax. Insane. Just shuffling around the country, getting away with it. She's like 88 years old, I think, or something. She's on a run. That's great. Um, so you're not just going for like the ghastly crime scenes and like the more like vile and we don't enjoy the gore part of it. The murder is kind of it's there, but it's not the main part of the podcast. Yeah. Despite the name, it's kind of everything around it is the more interesting part of it. We yeah. believe. I guess that's like a good distinction between like horror movies too, where it's like that's kind of like you're watching that for like the goriness, like in some films, like not all of the horror yeah. movies. Yeah. Whereas, like, with true crime, since it's, like, a real thing that happened, it's more like, okay, let's look at the psychology. But, like, not that we're explicitly doing that, but it's more, like, the undertone is more the psychology. Yeah, it's more the story of just everything that happened around this. It's just kind of, it's built around the murder, but it's not specifically just about the murder. Mm -hmm. There's so much more stuff that happens around the murder that's actually more interesting, at least, that we believe, Mm -hmm. than the murder itself. Because there's the killer's life... What led them to that is one of the things that we find interesting. And yeah, what drove them to do that, why they thought that was a thing they needed to do. And then the aftermath. Then, yeah, the aftermath, if if they're able to keep going or if they get caught. And some of our episodes are still developing. I mean, in a lot of instances, the the killers are dead. But for example, earlier this week, uh, from the the, uh, killer, well, the alleged possible killer it's it's kind of dubious there if he actually did it or not but a guy who's involved in the monaco in our monaco case i think episode nine he's currently on the run after stealing two dogs and yeah and he was the guy who we th- who we thought was innocent because 
mostly it seemed to be due to corruption of the authorities there that led to the deaths that happened in that episode. But he was blamed for them, and he may or may not have been responsible for them. My first impression of your podcast, like the first time I listened, first five minutes was, oh, they're actually going to go in the backstory and provide a lot of information, and I like that actually. So good, like good call, like doing that because it was like a great setup build. Like I'm like okay, well I looked at the length and I'm like okay, they're not just going to pop start right in with the murders, right? So two types of podcasts I listen to and one of them is more like story orientated like horror stories like and then then and then I have like more like the podcast where people can just banter and bullshit for like they just talk about everyday things and then we'll do a movie review but you guys is like you guys stick to your guns and present this story this case and it's really interesting yeah mostly our format is pretty set in that we have generally a chronological story uh, I think we've only deviated from that twice uh, because there was an episode which was uh, about the literary killer, which we kind of framed it like a story, which is we kind of covered the discovery of the murder victim first, and then we kind kind of took you through the story of it. So it's like the police find out who the victim is, and then the police work to trace who the murderer is, and when we get the murderer's name, we then cover the like the life of the murderer once they find it out. So we kind of made it a bit more lit- literary in that way. I guess it depends on, like, the case we do. Like, if it lends itself that way, like, if the information was presented in that way, like, to the actual people involved. Yeah, then there's our one pit stop episode, which is an ex- experiment that we tried that we weren't 100% happy with, so we decided it wasn't worth uh, keeping up with. Yeah, we tried, it. we tried out a bonus episode once, where it was, like, we went through, like properties where murders took place that are still up and like up for sale and like who i don't know just it was yeah it was kind of like how that's affected it was a curiosity it was kind of um i got that when i was hearing about i kind of thought about that when i was um i was in i was in toronto oh no it wasn't toronto yeah it was toronto it was toronto and i was uh listening to a podcast and they were talking about how this murder had happened in Toronto and I actually looked at the place where it was and the place was still standing and that kind of made me think I wonder what other ones are standing or people still living in and there's loads of them some of them are even up for sale this day to this day yeah so it's like um when I, I mentioned the BTK killer earlier we found one of the houses where uh four people where he killed four people that house is still for sale and, and the pictures don't look like. Uh, it looks I'm like a. It looks like a horror that. movie set. It it like it's just like it's incredibly dark, incredibly bleak. The pictures are blurry, and it the house is for sale for about two hundred thousand less than every other house in the neighborhood. I'm gonna say, the resale value can't be too high on that. No, place. it's like the house is worth like the the like the average in the neighborhood's like. Two hundred fifty thousand, and there that house is for fifty thousand. Still, nobody's bought it because of what happened there. You think at that point they just tear it down? Question for all three: Would you guys ever consider living in a house where a ghastly murder no. took place? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's a bad omen. Yeah. And like, maybe vibe. hey, in this market, like this housing crisis we're in, sure, two hundred thousand dollars cheaper. Let's go. Actually. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Would you would you live in there? Um, that house, no. Like, oh, like, like other houses where it's just like a reg, like that, because that's kind of like an irregular kind of murder, because that's an entire True. family. That's different from yeah. that's kind of different from just like 
say, husband murders wife or something, just kind of... It's a weird distinction to make, but it's kind of... I feel like there's something different there between the two. So it depends. For you guys, but even even still, I wouldn't feel even still even still I wouldn't feel great about it. I'd still feel it would still kind of it would linger in the back of your mind. Actually, it's interesting that you asked that, Matt, because one of the properties we looked at was John Wayne Gacy's house, where he killed I think (laughs) thirty people, and they actually were advertising the fact that John Wayne Gacy killed people there as if it was like a haunted house. Oh, that that was the best. So it was kind of like. I don't think that's the angle. But... Yeah, we were looking at the uh, was it like, like realtor? It was like realtor.com. and we were going through all the pictures because what they did was because he had people under his house, they dug out all the soil, replaced it, and built a new house on top of it. So it, they tried to make it a new house, but then you go through like the ninety or so photos and say around like fifty six, there's two pictures of John Wayne Gacy in like the whole clown yeah, makeup. Yeah, it's very real. And that's messed up. Weird. <laughs> very not the move on the uh, the realtor's part. Yeah, it's like some people view that as like a historical artifact, I guess. In this case, it added value to the house. Like it's going for $200,000 more than the other houses because <laughs> yeah. of that. Who knows? Reverse effect, but... Really weird true crime fans out there. I mean, the, weird, the, value. the weirdest instance we had was the um, uh, house where uh, Charles Manson's followers killed uh, Sharon mm. Tate. Oh, because, th- well, that was like a mansion. Like yeah, because that's a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. So what they did was right. they tore yeah. it down, dug out all of the dirt from the property, replaced it, and then built the largest house I've ever seen on it. It was like 22,000 square feet. And it's owned by, like, the creator of Full House now. Oh, I don't remember this from the episode. Yeah. Interesting. That was an experiment we tried. We couldn't really think of anything else to go after that. We did have a couple ideas, but we just kind of... Can them because we realized we preferred the regular format ball. Sp- speaking of these, like people's fast, like the them advertising John Wayne Gacy's house. Like, what is it with people's fascination with serial killers? Like, I know, like we're interested in a more like we want to like know like the psychology and the human aspect. But like, what is what's with these crazy fans that write fan mail to Gacy in jail? And why do people? Why are what do you think is the reason people are obsessed with serial killers, but like the people that are going over the top and is it these serial killers like did something that not many people are going to do in this life and get it's the fame. And like, what are your thoughts on all that? Like, I, I would say that it's kind of like there's there's the two different levels. I'd say there's kind of like the people who are a little bit too into it as just like a fan of it. It's like say people who like buy the relatively tacky say like, Jeffrey Dahmer t-shirts, like, I eat guys like you for breakfast. I see that in a t-shirt on Redbubble the other day. Yeah, that's... Or it's, um... Or if you go go to people who are closer to it, like, say, the people who, like, end up writing to, or in some cases even marrying serial killers while they're imprisoned. I mean, there's people who... There's, I think, one woman who married or married a serial killer while he was in prison, divorced him, and then married another serial killer who had been killing after him. So I'm assuming that's more of just kind of uh, mental health, probably mental health issues there, or some kind of either I can fix him type of thing, or maybe a kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a thing that most people, I guess there must be something that makes sense to them about it that most people wouldn't understand, is what I'm going for. What do you think? Maybe they've had a fantasy of doing the same, but could never go ahead with it. But these serial killers have actually lived out their fantasies, their like dark thoughts. They've actually gone ahead and like 
done what these other sick people have always wanted to do, right? Yeah, yeah that could be a good point. Yeah, good. I think maybe yeah. like what you said earlier about like these people have done something so like like not to say different, but just something so like horrible and like something that doesn't happen in civil society. So maybe it just like kind of draws the attention of like maybe people who a like aren't mentally well and so it's like if that goes unchecked then it kind of manifests itself like into this like admiration or obsession for these people yeah yeah i think you've all said it perfectly i think they're like the people who are writing to other serial killers in prison i want to say are all like-minded individual who like you said matt either have dreamt about doing these kind of things never been able to carry them out and respect the people who have done those things i don't think people like the four of us here would go out and write letters to serial killers and like just engage in any sort of dialogue with them even if it's just one way like we're not seeking them out no no the only kind of correspondence i would understand with them is from more of like a professional angle so say like research like if um say if somebody's doing research for a book or something because in some cases that's how we know about a lot of the crimes or anything like that is because because they because like authors wrote letters or interviewed them so it's kind of that's really the only correspondence that probably should be done with them essentially but they yeah but like the either like the weird fan worship of some some people like are like weird fans of serial killers which is kind of a concerning thing because like why this person has done such heinous things that nobody should even want to like them or even want anything to do with them but people like them in some instances or some people even i mean i can understand to an extent maybe like some of them have had bad childhoods and you can empathize with that but the moment they kill someone it just that doesn't matter because there's plenty of people who've had horrible much worse childhoods than some serial killers who haven't done any of that at all and so it's not a justification well for it yeah. has it ever happened to you guys where like it's happened to me i'm having a conversation with a coworker about could be like the the night stalker documentary on netflix about richard ramirez where it's like we're just we're like we're t- we're going in detail and then someone's like you guys are weird for liking that or we you we you you do get judged hard if you have an interest in this in my opinion it's happened to me i'm guessing it's happened to you maybe you guys can like has it happened to you guys where it's been like a rent uh, a friend's been like why do you guys like that dark stuff or get judged really unfairly yes I feel like my parents yeah. judge me. I feel like I feel like well, my parents don't. My parents refuse to listen to the podcast, even though they like. Yeah, my friend. dad refuses to listen to it. <laughs> and, most, really? and most of my friends, they yeah, most of my friends won't listen to it either. Mm. Um, but I can't really recall like a specific scenario where like someone who wasn't like a family member was like like judged me explicitly for it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Most I, most, no, people, most people play. It's like every week. It's like you do a podcast. It's like, huh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of thing, but then, yeah. What was that, Eric? Sorry. Sorry, I told him. I, I said, you know, Grandma tunes in every week. Just does she? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. I had like a heart attack for a moment. Got to revise the the stuff I say on the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely get judged hard for liking horror movies because. It's like they say about jazz, like you, you either get it or you don't. And those who like get it, like think it's the greatest thing ever. Like that's with me with horror movies. I just, I can't think the other way. I can't see their side of thinking they're stupid. I, I just can't. So, you know, like true crime fascination is in the same boat, really. Like I find that stuff fascinating, like, but then 
there's the people on the other side of the spe- spectrum. Like I, there's a lot of people that can never listen to your podcast, right? Like you said, your like your dad, it's just too, I guess, morbid for them or they don't want to stay away from that. So I, yeah. I can appreciate that. True crime is not, it's not for everyone. And we appreciate that. Don't try and push it on anybody. If they're not interested in it, then don't talk to them about it. That's true. You don't, yeah. You don't have to try and force your interest on someone. Will you like defend it though, Alex? Like, will you go to bat for like, if someone's like, why do you like, you will stand up for your, um, yes. if they start hating. Okay. Good. I think there are yeah, valid yeah. reasons to kind of, I, I wouldn't say enjoy, I guess enjoy, but it kind of be interested in because you get enjoyment from being interested in something. It's kind of interesting just to kind of learn about, as I said, the kind of thing that we focus on more is the story of it. Because mm-hmm. some of the stories are, fast, it's just fascinating, essentially. It's just like how, like in some cases, it's how could they get away for this long? Or in, unfortunately, a lot of cases, it's how could the police be so inept? Mm-hmm. As to fail to catch, have, as yeah. to fail to catch this person after seven times. Exactly, you guys have the whole investi- investigation angle too, which is super fascinating. And the chronologic order is like keeps everything. It's easy to follow. And again, like you guys have, it's way more than just ghastly murders. It's the whole story being told. And I, that's my argument for horror movies all the time. People just, oh, it's jump scares. It's serial it's the killer like teleporting to the next victim and like they're running and he's walking and then they just how did he catch up to that person it's like that's just such a stereotype and like i hate that i have to keep defending my like oh there's no good horror movies well you've only seen the one percent that comes out in the theater every year so like yeah I, i i hear the struggle it's it's not uh i'm gonna keep fighting the good fight and like it's okay to be like interested in these things. It's more it's more than just what's on the surface. Since you've started your podcast, would you say that you've slowed down your intake of true crime content like documentaries or movies? For me, yes. Yes, yes. I it. Like if you, yeah. yeah. I just like I've spent more time like doing my own research for the episodes now. Yes. Yes, like I haven't seen any of the Netflix true crime ones that came out since uh, well, we took, I think we took a week off over December, so I think that's the last time mm-hmm. I watched any. And, like, I feel like at the end of the day, I just want to watch something light. <laughs> yeah, like... To balance uh, it out. Yeah, <laughs> like, or something that's at least not true crime related, because, like, I've had enough of this now. I've been researching <laughs> this for, like, three or four hours. Yeah, I, it's like, I need I, to do something different. <laughs> I'll watch Parks and Rec or something like that. Or even Game of Thrones. Jeez, that's less gory than some, <laughs> some of the things. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys do a, um, it's weekly, right? No, it's bi-weekly. It used to be weekly, weekly but um, That's... Uh, ske- we've had to change the schedule as Julia's got a full-time job now. And I was always working a full-time job, but I moved to a position where I have to do a lot more work and I have to work overtime sometimes. So I have less time and Julia has less time. So we had to, we managed to keep up the, we, yeah, we, mm. We actually keep it up for about two weeks doing the weekly episodes when so, both of us were working full time. Yeah. But it got to the point where our episodes were like being finished either on Thursday itself, which it usually releases at 8 a.m. on a Thursday morning, uh, Ottawa time. Some point, sometimes it wouldn't get released till like 10 p.m. that on Thursday night, or sometimes we'd miss the, the Thursday entirely. So we decided to move it to every two weeks because it was just too much to research, mm-hmm. edit, research, write, script. Uh, record, edit, and upload in time. No, it's a, it's a grind for sure. And even, well, first of all, congratulations, Julian. Full-time job. It's awesome. awesome. 
did you find it even when you had more free time did you find the weekly release to be a little stressful in that like you have a lot of work you had all this work to do every single episode then you grind it out you release the one episode then it's like okay now what's our next one and you only have a week pretty much to get it done like did you find it a little to be a bit of a grind to always get that one new idea and then one episode per week i feel like i did yeah that was some there was some episodes around like I think episode 13 was kind of like the peak of that, the Sylvester mm-hmm. Matushka. Oh, yeah. Especially like when you've kind of like gone through all the main articles, but then your script is still at like four pages long and you're like, this is going to be like a half hour long episode. And like, we, I we get to, to get this done. We have by to cut like it out with time. banter. And, so uh, like, it's yeah, like, and then it's and like, silence. what if I can't be funny enough in the episode to give it some substance? And it's... <laughs> So you need like a, a decent script line. Yeah, well that's um, that's pretty so yeah, like, it is least popular episode. I mean like I feel like if you have a deadline, then you're like it's gonna be like a grind some for the most part. Um but having two weeks is nice because then it, we can kind of put more detail into like the research that we do. Yeah, that's how I had time to do all so, the work on the turkey episode. Yeah. Cause uh, if it wasn't for that, the episode would have been like twenty-five minutes probably as opposed to forty-four, I think. Because yeah. we wouldn't have had all of the detail that I was able to get about the stuff. Like, I wouldn't have known where they were or exactly what they were doing. How long are your scripts, like, for your full, like, your 44-minute episodes? Uh, usually 7 to 11 pages. Wow. Uh, I mean, it goes by quickly depending on, like, if we're just going to be, like, reading it or, like, if we go on tangents and whatnot. Yeah, it's like, our longest um, episode was an hour and one minute, I believe. Yeah, we usually do about, like, an hour-long episode. But that was the episode with the most material because that was the Monaco episode because we had the oh, yeah. we had the like three hundred page book written by the guy who was accused of it. It depends. Yeah, it also depends <laughs> on like what content is available to talk about. Yeah, like if so. there's a book, like in the first couple episodes, there were books available. I mean, the first one didn't have a book, but the second and the third case had a book. Did it was the Ireland case. Oh yes, yeah. yes, the uh, second, third, and I believe the Monaco case are the only ones that we've had access to books for because. In a lot of instances, the main problem with going around the world is that there's a lot of languages and a lot of books that are only written uh, that are written about those cases exclusively in those languages, mm-hmm. or the books that you can't find anywhere. Even if you could find them, they're in a different language, and the machine translation, while capable, is not good enough to provide exactly what we need. Wow, I mean, I admire you guys. Like, I applaud you guys for. Doing all that, re- it seems like a lot of work is what I'm trying to say. And like, yeah, yeah those first couple of weeks yeah. were, were bad. I was like trying to get through like a 400 page, like autobiography of like this oh, yeah. murderer, thief, this thief murderer. And it was like, he was talking about like every, every single crime he committed. And it was just an absolute, just yeah. trying to get, I think I managed to finish, I finished the book about an hour before we recorded, I think. Oh, oh my god. god. I think some of the bigger above and beyond. I think some of the bigger true crime podcasts have like people who like do it like full time. Yeah, they have multiple research. Some of them have like two or three researchers so on staff full time, whereas we're just two people. Yeah, it's a little harder when it's just a hobby. It's like not and really a hobby, it's more like I don't know. It's like having a second, second job. Yeah. Like back then it was yeah. like yeah. having a second <laughs> job because you'd finish like, I'd finish my job, and then I'd go straight to doing that for the next couple hours. Yeah, I don't know about you, Eric, but I could never do that. Like, it, I, I, like research that much in depth, like a movie we're, we're reviewing or a show, like, I'd be like, nope, this feels like a job. 
Yeah, it's tough to say. Like for us, it's a little different. I do like I find it super interesting that you do this much research for your episodes and like write down like scripts and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it did like it sounds really like it does sound fun to be honest. Like I won't do that for our pod because it li- simply doesn't require it. Mm-hmm. But right. um, like it's something that's like a nice escape from work, even though we're all the four of us unpaid doing this. Like it feels like it's fulfilling, and um, I feel like it's worth it at the end of the day. But uh, it can be a lot, like especially when you have to do like, like dinner and all that, like chores and stuff. So working from home helps. I will say that big, big time. time. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, it gives you an extra. Um, good point. I feel like yeah. it's like I'm happy to say that I like am doing this, and even if like we just like do our 80 episodes and then that's it, it's like, hey, I did that. Like, well, I'm hoping cool. we keep. Well, the like, plan is we will keep going on after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah although so. it will be quite a while to get there. We're only episode 20 three at the moment we're working on 24 yeah so it'll be at least another 112 weeks at least 112 maybe 114 weeks so that's over two years oh wow <laughs> so it'll be two years until we get to that point if we keep up our current production yeah. rate so i guess we'll see what happens but like that is at least my goal yeah we have like, to, we have to get to the 80 because nice. it's in the title yeah, me and Eric are closing in on a hundred, and I'm like, I'm a hundred is so long away, right, Eric? Like, what, like twenty six weeks away? Yeah, but it'll be here before we know it. Not that we're already thinking about December, because that's when it's gonna be around yeah. there. But uh, yeah, no, it passes by friggin' quick. Like I said, since Matt joined on, especially since COVID, at the start of COVID, we missed a few. Like every two weeks, we'd drop an episode. But as of like summer 2020, we release an episode every two Mondays and. It is like, I agree with you 100%, Jule. Like, it is something to be proud of to say, like, yeah, we're committed to this and we're still going and uh, we're going to hit 100. You'll hit 80 and then some. We're all going to just keep it going and uh, ride it out. Do you have any plans for once you hit 80? Like, just start again? Like, another go around the globe or still uh, time to process what that's going to look like? So, um, I think, I mean, I personally would, like, it'd be fun to do another 80, but do, like, supernatural alien related episode that's like what i'm personally really interested in to be honest like i love like like alien ufo conspiracies i find them so interesting um i was more thinking that we were gonna we were at the at the 80 point we were gonna launch a separate podcast that's kind of like a spin-off series so we keep the main series but we have the spin-off one as well like for the supernatural yeah. stuff yeah yeah so we have yeah the... i guess like yeah so well, we have... that, that might be a lot of work <laughs> yeah yeah no, I, I think i think we've got time to hire someone if we do that <laughs> through the research that we've done we have found a lot of interesting cases that we didn't get a chance to do because the country yeah, had multiple interesting true. cases so we don't want those to go to waste though but it would probably just be like more leisure if we continued because it's like okay we did the 80 so now it's like We'll just like pick countries. Yeah, we'll like, pick, we won't we won't go around in like the organized pattern. So I guess we'll see what happens. We'll like, probably pick it more there. random or something. Yeah. More casual, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because then also that way we don't end up stuck in Europe for 25, 20 episodes. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we got to Europe and then we went through all of the many countries of Europe, and now we've only just started getting out of Europe and we're a quarter of the way through. Yeah, but I guess like we're going geographically. So. Yeah. That's why we're moving down to the Middle East and Africa soon. Yeah, I had one more thing. Just like, so you do your episodes, you release them. How do you go about like promoting your podcast? Is it strictly through like social media, Instagram, Twitter? Do you do like, because we just started getting into like the videos, like we're uploading them on YouTube now. 
you into the video game? Um, we have an Instagram account and a Twitter account. But we have no followers. I feel, like, I feel like we don't promote the podcast as much as we should, to be honest. Because it's like... We're not very experienced in that concept of, prom- yeah. of like promotion or anything really we started working on a website but that's been put on the back burner a bit as i as i've been working on the website because i've got programming experience but things have got very heavy at work so i've kind of had to put that on the back burner for the time being but once the website's up that should hopefully help with the uh, whole search engine optimization thing and we do nice. generally uh when you search up certain like say the name of the murderer and podcast we're generally one of the first options that shows up for most of them mm-hmm. we do have like this um well alex has this app that tells us like certain statistics about our podcast so it's like who's listening and from where and like how many downloads are we getting from like different platforms so like spotify or um stitcher i think is one of them yeah and then like apple podcasts as well so it's kind of interesting to like see like and like it kind of like we've gained like some followers since we first posted. It's not like yeah, we not have, a lot, uh, but we are, the only follower count I have is we have thirty-eight followers on Spotify. Yeah, but it's like it's kind of interesting still because it's like we're not necessarily promoting it, but it's no, like it's growing organically. We don't know all of those people personally, so it's like it's kind of interesting to think that someone found your work online and. Was like I'm gonna. I like this. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we've, like we've uh, been getting consistent downloads from say, uh, probably about two or three consistent downloads of uh, an episode from Georgia in the states. Uh, there's a couple from California, a um, couple from Montreal, and um, I think there's a few people in the UK as well. And none of them would be my family because they don't live in those places, and my family don't acknowledge the podcast exists. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So it's all worth it. Like you made these people's lives better, right? You provided entertainment. They're still listening to us after twenty after twenty or so episodes. So I'm glad they enjoy it. That's great. I think that'd be a good place to wrap it up. There was like super fun to have you on, Julia and Alex. It was awesome to meet you. Can't wait to see what the next murders are gonna be. And um, yeah, any final notes for the listeners? I guess check us out around the world in eighty murders. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any, pretty, any, any anywhere, anywhere that does podcasts, podcasts, except from Deezer, as well as on Instagram and Twitter around the world in 80 Murders. Um, thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here. It was a here. lot of fun, and I'm glad that we did it. Thank you for having us. You guys yeah, were great. Thanks. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot, Julia and Alex. You two killed it. No pun intended. And uh, yeah, no, it was a, just a good time having you on there. Talk about the true crime pod. So yeah, check out their podcast and around the world in 80 murders. Check it out. So we'll do our classic random recommendations segment. I'm actually going to set us off here, Matt, with a um, okay. big movie that was released. It feels like I saw this movie months ago, but it was only a few weeks ago. Finally got to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness opening night. I really liked it. Like, I actually gave it a nice review on Letterboxd, the mm-hmm. app that Dallas was talking about a few episodes ago, reviewing movies. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I think that's uh, that's fair. The more I thought about the movie, I don't know how much we want to spoil the movie there. We're going to talk about it at some point later in depth. But I really enjoyed it. I was surprised at what they did with Wanda's character. In my opinion, she completely stole the show loved her as the Scarlet Witch and just really going to town and showcasing her true powers and the length 
of her um, abilities. One of the most brutal, if not the most brutal kill scene we've ever seen in an MCU movie. It was incredible. My jaw was on the floor. Shout out Black Bolt. Because that <laughs> poor bastard, um, yeah, anyways, lost his own jaw. But lost it at the big cameo. Like, I actually yelled out in the theater, like, let's go! I was so pumped. Because I had no idea about that um, person. Me neither. And I was super excited and happy. Yeah, it was a good movie. Like, I really like that they introduced the multiverse. I'm excited at what's to come now with all these different variants of different characters. I really enjoyed it. What did you think of it, Matt? I really enjoyed it, too. I'm going to talk about the the style of the, like, Sam Raimi's direction and him making it more like a horror. It's not a horror movie, but, like, he had, it had a lot of horror elements that I could see he took from his older movies, like the Evil Dead uh, trilogy and... I appreciated that so much. And even like movies he did like drag me to hell, like had some, some of that aspects in this movie, like the jump scares. And I, I love that aspect of this. Like I was never bored for a second where the story went. That's where I kind of had issues with just personal issues. Like, Oh, I didn't want it to go that way. Like some Yeah. I don't, we're going to, we might go, we're going to go more in depth later on. So we're, I'm just going to say, I really enjoyed it really like, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Not Glad a I went top, to the top tier Marvel movie, though, in my opinion. No, but a different one. Like, it yeah. wasn't like a formulaic this, this, and that, you know, like origin story movie or anything. It was like it had creepy elements and it was genuine. It was violent. Like, there's some really violent scenes, right, Eric? And bloody. Yep. So, love Which that. Which I liked. I liked that it was, like, like you said, definitely horror elements and it was so different than everything else we've seen marvel so i definitely and this was the first time that you really needed to have seen like the tv shows oh, yeah. like if you hadn't seen wandavision you're completely lost going to the TV exactly and i love that they did that i mean it's not is it too, so much to ask to watch oh i mean you have to have disney plus i guess but like it's super easy to watch you know yeah. these are you don't have to watch like five seasons of a show it's just a one and done mini series so i like that they did that um, that was going to be the first thing I talked about too. And we might spoiler talk for a future Marvel episode once like cup, like Thor comes out and, you know, yep. et cetera. So um, I'll jump into my, that was going to be my main one. I've been rewatch. Okay. So the listeners don't know yet, but I recently moved. Uh, I no longer live in Ottawa. I moved into a country house cool. with my girlfriend and one of the things that the previous owners left us is a huge projector. Oh, is a projector with a huge screen. So I have that in my living room. So I pulled that down like the other day and I started rewatching. Like I, I basically said to myself, well, I have almost like a theater quality like setup. It's big. I'm going to start rewatching movies that I love because it's going to be like I'm at the theater. And so I rewatched like Dazed and Confused. Big smile the whole time. I rewatched all these horror movies before yeah um so the horror movies i watched that i'll recommend i watched a new one and an old one the new one is called bliss it's an hour and 20 minutes there's no wasted moment in the movie it's about a young artist who's struggling she has like right not writer's block but she's a painter so she she's struggling to finish her painting she she takes she has a really bad drug trip this new drug and then she spirals into a downward spiral of like nightmarish things happening to her and that's all I'm going to say. And it becomes really dark and it's gory. The main actress in the movie is Dora Madison. She was actually in Friday Night Lights in the last two seasons. 
she was younger in there, but she was good in Friday Night Lights. But here she's adult and like going like very edgy role for her to take. So Bliss is a really like for people who are like horror movies aren't good anymore. Bliss is going to contradict that statement because it's a great indie original horror film. Okay. My next movie is basic is called Tenebrae from 1980. Uh, it's from 1985. Tenebrae. Basically, it's an Italian. It's an Italian movie. It's dubbed in English. It's a it's a thriller horror film like a whodunit. It's a writer. He gets to Rome. The killer killed using a, a specific scene from his new book that just came out. So they immediately the cops get to the writer and are like, "Hey, this guy like recreated the scene in your book in real life. So we need you know we, can we use your help?" So he starts helping with the police investigation. But Tenebrae is a very stylized movie. It's the movie's more focused on how the kills look and the music and the the camera angles of the movie than the story like the focal point are like the insanely like cool murder scenes and the style and the soundtrack so it's a if you know anything about italian horror film they, they go for more style over substance and this is a perfect example so i had a blast watching this movie on this gigantic screen um i rewatched this movie a lot it's one of my favorite horror films very fitting for this episode as well perhaps in the around the world in 80 murders italy episode comes around they throw on tenebrae after and just make it an italian murder fest day and first of all congratulations matt on moving in with your girlfriend it's a it's a big move oh yeah you have to have the family (laughs) over the country show us a good time nice barbecue matt on the grill i'll I'll bring the beers you know like we talked about uh, grill man yeah I'm a cooler guy coming through in gr- Maddie Grills. So let's go. A nice tandem right there. Good stuff. <laughs> um, I also actually rewatched a bunch of movies that I liked a lot. Not really thinking about them too much. Like I rewatched The Suicide Squad. Great movie. Holds up on second viewing. I rewatched in Spider, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yesterday. So good. Right. Like Such a good movie. Don't really want to talk about them more. Though I watched a movie for the first time the other day. Which, I don't know, like, what really drew me to this movie. Probably Florence Pugh. And I watched Little Women. Okay. And, um, you know what? I had no expectations going in. Like, it's not like I really expected to like the movie or anything. I was like, ah, let's see what this is about. Like, killer cast. And I actually really enjoyed the movie. I was a big fan of it. I thought Florence Pugh, obviously, like, just crushed it as Amy. I was a big fan Sorsha Ronan was great as well. I'd never seen her in anything, so I know that she's a, a force of an actress. Timothy Chalamet killed it as well. Emma Watson, Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, Bob Odenkirk. When he showed up, I lost. I just started laughing. He was in this movie. Kind of out of place, to be honest. Yeah. It yeah. was just funny seeing him, especially because I'm watching Better Call Saul, too. It was so funny. No, I was a big fan of Little Women, honestly. I definitely recommend it. It was a, it was nice. a good time. I liked it too. I saw it at the theater and I wasn't sometimes period pieces can be boring, but like this one is such an amazing cast. You you're, you're not bored for a second. Was that on a uh, crave? It's on Netflix actually. So it's check it Netflix. out if you haven't Ooh. seen it. Okay. And um, I was just reading comments about how like people were saying, Oh, Florence Pugh got robbed of the Emmy that year or the Academy Award. Yeah. The Emmy. And um, then I remember that it was Laura Dern who also won that year for marriage story, which I remember I really liked her in that movie, but now I'm just maybe recency biased and like, you know, I'm just a Florence Pugh guy. I was like, ah, yeah, she got Amy got robbed. You know, she, she deserved that Emmy. So it was a good, good movie. 
Oh, we're going to see Florence Pugh for years and years to come, and she's going to win an Oscar. It's inevitable. I'm, I'm pumped for her movie coming up with Harry Styles, uh, Don't Worry Darling, which I've also avoided trailers for that. I'm excited for that movie. Actually, Harry Styles' album dropping this Friday, Harry's House. I'm sure it'll be great stuff. I'm excited for that. Preemptive recommendation. Um, and actually, she's joining the cast of Dune, apparently, for the second yep. one. Yeah, Princess Ruben. Yeah. Yeah, Which yeah. I feel like she'll That's be gonna, great as, in that She role. will be. The next thing I was going to... Re- the only the last thing I'm going to recommend is that book I'm still reading, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, that Dallas recommended a couple episodes back. It, the lo- the more I'm reading it, the better it's getting, and I'm like, I'm loving it now. That Now I'm reading not just like... I said I was reading, what, like two, three pages a night or whatever. Now I'm reading like dozens because it's getting more and more interesting the closer I'm getting to like our story, like to the present time so i know why the book's acclaimed now it just presents such smart ideas and it doesn't like shove anything down your throat it's just here are the facts here are some questions you should ask yourself and like it's simple it's so easy to follow that's my biggest takeaway of this book it's so easy to follow the guy explains everything so well which is probably why the book's so popular right like it's very well written so i'm going to be passing that along eric hopefully by the end of the year like at my pace only like halfway. <laughs> I would I would love to get my hands on that yeah. book as well. Yeah. Perhaps uh, at the barbecue, you know, just have it done by then. And then I'll come and I'll just snag it yeah. off your hands. We'll see. Perfect. No pressure though. No pressure. No books for me recommendations. I think it was off air that I was talking about this. So recently I've had the pleasure of being able to go back to something I love doing pre-pandemic, which is going to concerts. So in uh. April... I got to go with my family, bunch of friends to see Imagine Dragons in um, at the Canadian Tire Center, which was an amazing show. Just such a good time, like so fun to be out again, especially with a big group and just like taking in live performance. And they're amazing live as well. Like the lead singer absolutely crushed it. So it was really fun to be able to rejoice in those festivities and then last week i was able to go see the rapper dave in toronto which was a different venue like a much smaller like 2000 people strong venue nice. it was so fun to get back out there and i'm actually knock on wood there unless i get covid in the next week i'm going to see isaiah rashad live next wednesday shout out brandon he actually gave me his tickets because he's what? unable to go so wow. that's a very nice guy move by Brandon. Shout out to you. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, so another concert for me, barring any in- last-minute inconvenience. It's just fun to be back. It's um, I recommend concerts, basically, is what I'm saying. If there's And driving up, so I basically drove up to Toronto the Thursday night, saw the show, came back Friday morning. Completely reinforced the fact that whenever an artist I like comes around like Montreal or Toronto... If it's feasible, it's 100% worth it to day trip it up. Maybe stay one night. If you've never been to those cities and want to go out and stuff, you can. I had no intention of going out to Toronto. Like, been there a bunch. There's no need. So I just saw the show, came back. Recommend that as well. 100% worth it. Actually, I'll just throw in there as well. Dave, because we're just because we were in Toronto, a bunch of people in the crowd were like, oh, he's going to bring out Drake. I'm like, yo, relax here. Like, we don't need to be setting our expectations up high that Drake will show up to the show just because it's in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Then 
Dave starts playing a song with Drake. Everyone has their phones up. I'm like, all right, it's whatever. Sure enough, Drake popped up. He was there. No way. Yeah. So pretty crazy. You never know what will happen at a live show. Recommend to go see an artist you like. Even if it's an artist you don't love. Like if it's if someone asks you to go to a show, and just do it. Wow. that's inc- I'm glad you had a good time. I liked uh, Psychodrama. That was a great album by Dave. So, so hopefully good. he sang some of those songs um, or rapped. Did. Yeah. He did. That's all. Yeah, I got nothing. Else. I've been so busy. That's all I got as well. So, uh, no, Matt, this is, again, a great episode. Super fun to get Julia on and Alex. Nice to meet him as well. Matt, any final notes for the listeners? Thanks every, thank you, everyone, for listening. And I really appreciate everyone that does. And I hope you guys are having a great time, right? a great day right now. And hopefully, and let's enjoy summer now. Like, the warm weather is coming. I'm so pumped. Oh, yeah. It is. It has arrived. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all, and yeah, peace.